King Midas was a king in Greek mythology who wished that everything he touched would turn to gold. At first, he was thrilled with his newfound wealth, but soon he realized that he had turned his daughter and everything else he loved to gold as well. He begged the gods to take back his wish, and he was ultimately freed from the curse. Be careful what you wish for, for sometimes the things we desire most can turn into our greatest curse. I'm Curtis, and my pal over there is Joe, and we are Dudes in Progress. Hey, Kurt. How are you, pal? Just doing great. Fantastic. Fantastic. A little bit I am the, too. A little bit of the Florida fever after coming home from Disney World last week. The Florida funk? <laughs> That's, huh? Even sounds better. That's actually yeah. very appropriate for my topic today. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out why very soon. Yeah, Kurt was down in Kurt was down in Florida hanging out with his Disney pals. Came back with the uh, with the Florida funk, I guess, right? <laughs> the croup. The at least it's not malaria, right? Or rickets or <laughs> leprosy. It was always a running joke when I started going to Disney World and Disney Florida, doing Florida for the conferences. All of us friends that returned, it seemed like we do always had the conference in January. It seemed like we're talking to each other afterwards. We always had this cold coming back fever yeah so here you go although i don't know that anyone else in my group caught it so i'll be yeah, a, lot, a lot of times seriously a lot of times i think that because you're around so many people and you're you're running hard you're probably you're probably drained a bit your immune system's probably compromised a little bit yeah it's not it's not uncommon to come back from vacation with a with a little bit of funk well we were talking about what would be our Next topic. I really enjoyed our last couple of episodes with Hal Elrod's books that we covered. I was yeah. listening back to those. Yeah. Thanks for getting, stuff. Them, getting them produced and getting them out there, you know, during our both busy times being on vacation and you being busy. We got the work done. We're going to get this one in there this week. We're, we don't usually do this. We were kind of ahead before, but I, I was telling you, I got into the Kindle Unlimited program, $10 a month. And these books, sometimes you'll look at what's recommended to you and you don't recognize anything. You got to kind of dig a little bit to find something. But this was one cover that jumped out at me, Joe. And it's got kind of a profane title. <laughs> it's hidden by, a, I think, a star. But you know yeah. exactly what the word is. Yeah. As the, yeah. As the kid in uh, Christmas Story. The mother of all words, curse words, the F dash dash dash. Exactly. Ralphie. Oh, that is one of the funniest scenes in all of movies. Love that movie. That Love one, that movie. That movie reminds me of my dad. More That scene when they're taking the tire off and they're changing the tire and, and he's holding the, the dish or the, the hub for the lug nuts. If that doesn't describe me and my dad growing up and the scene when they all go flying into silhouetting into the <laughs> the moonlight. Awful. That's awful. And yes, my father used some of these words. And I, I'm not going to say that I haven't. <laughs> we, we did our whole Christian 
two weeks yeah sessions and now we're going right to this book but it's not about the word joe and i, I told you i think as i started reading this i was gonna, i think i was messaging you because i thought it was really relevant to some things we've been talking about you and i so i want to see if i can get your interest you know sometimes you start a book and you're like i've actually come to the decision like if i don't like a book forget it i'm not gonna like beat myself up to finish it this is one of those books that I have completely refused to read because of the title. Yeah. I, I decide, I, I saw the title. I've seen it in airports. I've seen it on Amazon. Uh, I, I've seen it all over the place. Uh, I have some uh, people that I follow that have recommended the book, and I have refused to even browse through the book, to even pick it up and, and leaf through it. Because of the title. I'm like, I'm just not going there. Yeah. I'm just not going there. Somebody, somebody somewhere is going to have to convince me that this book is worth <laughs> reading. And uh, until that time comes, I, 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 I just don't think I'm interested. All right. Well, uh, you're the salesman. I'm not a salesman. So I'm not going to do a sales job. But I think there's some great uh, points that were made in this first three chapters. And I am going to continue to read the book and uh, can share more of it. As we pursue progress in our lives. So we might as well give the name of the book. I've been not wanting to tell you what it is, but it's the subtle art of not giving a by Mark Manson. Was that good? That was good. <laughs> so the first chapter, don't try Joe. Our culture today is obsessively focused on unrealistic, positive expectations. Be happier, be healthier. Be the best, better than the rest. Be smarter, faster, richer, sexier, more popular, more productive, more envied, and more admired. But when you stop and really think about it, conventional life advice, all the positive and happy self-help stuff we hear all the time is actually fixating on what you lack. It lasers in on what you perceive your personal shortcomings and failures to already be and then emphasizes them for you. So right away, I'm like, I don't think this is book is what I thought it was about. And I started highlighting tons of stuff. So let's see how I can get through this in a few minutes and keep it to a short episode. But the world is constantly telling you that the path to a better life is more, 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 buy more, own more, make more, be more. You're constantly bombarded with messages to give a about everything <laughs> all the time. You got to care about everything, Joe. Buy a new TV, buy a new house, bigger, better, all that stuff. The problem is that giving too many is bad for your mental health. It causes you to become overly attached to the superficial, to dedicate your life to chasing a mirage of happiness and satisfaction. The key to a good life is not giving a about more. It's about giving a about less. <laughs> And all well, this is th this is right up our alley, though, isn't it, Kurt? I yeah. mean, think about this. I mean, despite despite the language, right? It's speaking right right to me, and the things that I that I the banners I that I've I've I wave and I continue to wave in in my life and uh, for other people that I want for other people <laughs> is listen. You don't have to you don't have to care about all that stuff. You don't have to care about what everybody else has and keeping up with everybody else and just just care about what you need and what's important to you yeah you're starting to get the 
the idea here. Yeah. And yeah. It's caring about what's true and immediate and important. What's what we've been talking about right from the get go with this podcast. He gives this concept of the feedback loop from hell. You get anxious about confronting somebody in your life. That anxiety cripples you and you start wondering why you're so anxious. Now you're becoming anxious about being anxious. Or let's say you have an anger problem. You get pissed off at the stupidest, most inane stuff, and you have no idea why. The fact that you get pissed off so easily starts to piss you off even more. This is the feedback from hell. Yeah, when you you get caught in that loop, that rumination loop, something you, you you take in a bad thought and you let it sit there. And that bad thought, Lead you to wish you didn't have so many bad thoughts. <laughs> and then you beat yourself up for having the bad thoughts. <laughs> you got and it. And then and then you and then you get caught in this in this rumination loop of just this pit. This pit to hell, really, is what it is. <laughs> it is. Back in grandpa's day, he would feel like and <laughs> think to himself, gee whiz, I sure do f- <laughs> I sure do feel like a cow turd today. But hey, I guess that's just life. Back to shoveling hay. But now, now if you feel like even for five minutes, you're bombarded with 350 images of people totally happy and having amazing lives. Welcome to Instagram. (laughs) Welcome to Facebook. Commercials on TV. I mean, take this pill. That's the thing that the drug commercial is just my wife and I just crack them. Everyone's having a great time. They're dancing around. They're talking about this horrible disease. There was one recently where this has a side effect of death. I'm like, we looked at each other and went. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about the worst side effect you can, you can have, isn't it? I don't think that's a side effect. <laughs> and they're all having a good time dancing around. It's, it's a great thing. The, the old songs that we love from the 60s are now used to sell the, the drugs to make us happy. Wanting a positive experience is a negative experience. Accepting negative experiences is a positive experience. It's what the philosopher Alan Watts used to refer to as the backwards law. The existential philosopher Albert Camus said, You will never be happy if you continue to search for what happiness consists of. You will never live if you are looking for the meaning of life. Or put more simply, don't try. What do you take from his, his idea of not trying? Don't try. I mean, shouldn't we all strive for something? Shouldn't we all want to move our life in, in a better direction? What does this mean? Don't, don't try. Yeah, you're going to, so I'm going to finish with this chapter. There's three things about what this whole thing means. So hold on to that thought. I think. All right. I trust you, pal. Yep. Being open with your insecurities paradoxically makes you more confident and charismatic around others. The pain of honest confrontation is what generates the greatest trust and respect in your relationships. Suffering through your fears and anxieties is what allows you to build courage and perseverance. Seriously, I could keep on going, but you get the point. Everything worthwhile in life is won through surmounting the associated negative experience. I think he's going to get into, I, he uses this comment, don't try, because he talks about a guy who didn't try at all, um, seemed to be a kind of happy guy, go lucky guy. Right. <laughs> Just went through life, but I don't know, he's, he's not going there. I think everything is a balance, but 
It's about the guy who's sitting against a tree just fishing, right? He comes across a, 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 a man comes across him as he's sitting there fishing. And the man says, what are you doing? I'm just fishing. He said, is that all you do all day, fish? That's what I do all day. I fish. Well, what do you do with your fish? I eat them. Feed my family. Maybe give some to the neighbors. Well, you know that if you get a fishing boat, you could probably catch more fish. Why would I want to do that? He said. Well, when you catch more fish, you'll be able to get yourself two boats and catch even more fish. Well, why would I want to do that? Well, look how many fish you're catching. My gosh. You, got, you get yourself two boats. You get yourself a couple, a couple crew, crew members. Those crew members now are catching fish for you. Now you can get a whole fleet. Why would I want to do that? He says. Well, if you have a whole fleet now, now you have an empire of boats and you have a fishing empire and you can catch thousands and hundreds of thousands of fish and sell those fish to the, to the marketplace, to the marketplaces that you go as you visit across the sea. And why would I want to do that? He said, well, then you can sell your business. Why would I want to do that? He said. Well, then you can just relax and enjoy yourself. He said, I'm doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew where it was going, but you, and you may have told me this before. I don't know where I heard that or in a different way, but yeah, the, the moral of the story is, is fantastic. <laughs> now, I get it, right? I mean, you do have to accomplish things in life to move life forward and to make a contribution to yourself, to your yeah. family, to your culture, to your society. But this yeah. idea of striving and trying all the time, uh, I think the guy has hit, hit, hit something yeah. here. And fretting on it is really. So again, a little summary there. So it's to stare down life's most terrifying and difficult challenges and still take action. So what does it mean, this book, Joe, to not give a... It doesn't mean being indifferent. It means being comfortable with being different. The willingness Ooh. to stare... Oh, yeah, you like that one. I like that a lot. The willingness to stare failure in the face and shove your middle finger back at it. <laughs> <laughs> right? The people who just laugh and then do what they believe in anyway because they know it's right. That's a that's an interesting mindset to say, yeah. okay, I'm going to try something new, or I'm going to try to be something different, or I'm going to go into a new endeavor. And you know what? If I fail, I'm just giving it the middle finger <laughs> and moving on. There's there's some twisted honor in that. <laughs> there's some twisted Yeah, there there's is. some there's some twisted courage in that. I like that a lot. The people who just laugh and then do what they believe in anyway, because they know it's right. They deserve their, for what really matters, friends, family, purpose, burritos, an occasional lawsuit or two. He was talking about how he had convinced his mother to pursue a lawsuit that was the right thing to do, even though it was going to cost them, you know, a lot of pain and heartache and very challenging. And because of that, 
they reserve there for the only the big things that matter. People care. People then care about them in return. To not give a about adversity, you must first give a about something more important than adversity. I think what most people, especially educated, pampered, middle-class white people consider life problems are really just side effects of not having anything more important to worry about. It then follows that finding something important and meaningful in your life is perhaps the most productive use of your time and energy. Because if you don't find that meaningful something, you're will be given will be given to meaningless and frivolous causes. So basically you want to give importance to something really important to you. Whether you realize it or not, you are always choosing what to give a about. Essentially, we become more selective about what we're willing to give. This is something called maturity. It's nice. You should try it sometime. Maturity is what happens when one learns only to care about what's truly worthy. (laughs) Somebody that doesn't give a, we kind of look at them like they're immature and they are lazy minded. But really, they're expressing advanced maturity when they can really demonstrate that they don't give a about anything but the most important things to give a about. <laughs> You're getting the hang of this, Joe. <laughs> yeah, again, the first rule here he was talking about, this is, we're not talking about indifference. That's a whole different thing. This is, this is something a little different. This book will help you think a little bit more clearly about what you're choosing to find important in life and what you're choosing to find unimportant. There, that's chapter one, Joe. So far, honestly, Kurt, so far, I may be halfway there to get in the book. All right. Let's try chapter two. He does tell the story. I don't have to give it away, but. He doesn't tell you who he's talking about, but he's talking about Buddha. So he's doing a little bit of Buddhism on us, I think, in chapter two. But he says, happiness is a problem, is the name of the chapter. There is a premise that underlies a lot of our assumptions and beliefs. The premise is that happiness is algorithmic, that it can be worked for and earned and achieved as if it were getting accepted to law school or building a really complicated Lego set. If I achieve X, then I can be happy. If I look like Y, then I can be happy. If I can be with a uh, be with a person like Z, then I can be happy. The, this premise, though, is the problem. Happiness is not a solvable equation. Hmm. We did we did one of our our, our first or second episode to about the on the secret of happiness. Yeah. So I might disagree with him on that. That happiness is not a solvable equation. Yeah, but gotcha. but I, I get what he I get where he's going here. Yeah, he's got another way. Hey, we're going to give you another way to find happiness in this chapter. We have evolved to always live with a certain degree of dissatisfaction and insecurity because it's the mildly dissatisfied and insecure creature that's going to do the most work to innovate and survive. We are wired to become dissatisfied with whatever we have and satisfied by only what we do not have. This constant dissatisfaction has kept our species fighting and striving, building and conquering. So no, our own pain and misery 
aren't a bug of human evolution. They're a feature. So Warren Buffett's got money problems. The drunk hobo down at Quickie Mart's got money problems, but Buffett's got better money problems than the hobo. (laughs) All of life is like this. Yeah, and I think Warren Buffett has handled his money problems pretty well. <laughs> there are You'd people like that have that, his problems. <laughs> yeah, but there are people that have money yeah. with deep, deep problems. Right. Well, he's learned, you know, basically he's solved problems. He's solved money problems. Yes, they, they he has bigger money problems, but he know he's got the maturity to and the knowledge and the confidence to solve any money on any problem. Right. This is where this is going. Don't hope for a life without problems. There's no such thing. Instead, hope for a life full of good problems. Here it is. Happiness comes from solving problems. I really like that quote, Joe. Hmm. Happiness hmm. comes from solving problems. I thought about this in my career pursuits long ago. I, I really found that I got some satisfaction in I guess we'll call it happiness from solving technical problems. I did one this weekend. I or was it Monday? I had I wasn't feeling well, no, it was Friday. I wasn't feeling well. And I was gonna call it in half day, to be honest with you. And I got this technical problem from someone I was trying to help. I thought it was gonna be something that we were gonna finish up pretty easily. Matter of fact, we solved a pretty good problem that I thought was going to be the main problem, but it ended up not being there. Another one popped up, which often does in software development and doing these things. There's a never ending source of problems. And I went, you know, over the weekend, I was thinking about it. I did come up with a plan B. It wasn't going to be the best way, but it would get her through the day because she had to get it done for, for Monday. But I'll tell you, I figured it out. Uh, later Monday afternoon, and what a great feeling that was! Yeah, to solve a problem. And how? Let me ask you this: When you were solving this problem, especially a problem that's in your your wheelhouse, especially a problem that you have some passion for, how much did your illness really affect you? Now you felt bad, and I'm sure you could have used a nap afterward. But when you're in the throes of solving that problem, I'll bet you your symptoms. You are less aware of your symptoms, or oh, they may have even dissipated. You are so insightful, Joe. So, uh, yeah, I was. I would stand up. I mean, I, I had this feeling like I got to just go lay down at, during during periods of the day. I had planned to kind of do that to get through the day, but there were a couple of things I wanted to achieve for the day for sure. And then I got. I'm sitting in this chair and I'm going after this problem. I'm. I'm even conscious of like. I really don't feel bad right now. Now I'm taking Tylenol, which is probably not, which is helping. Yeah. Yeah. But I stood up and I got dizzy and, you know, I went to take a break. I mean, it was worse to take a break in that particular instance. Now, I think the longer you work on a problem, it, there is something to be said to walk away from it, you know, mm-hmm. sleep on it for sure. Your subconscious, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Well, We'll come up with other paths to try, other ideas, which was what happened. But yeah, that's very insightful. I, when I was, I mean, I was cranking it out for a couple of hours mm-hmm. in a fever. <laughs> so, right. 
I was act, yeah, I was quite proud of myself for the stamina that I showed that day. To be happy, we need something to solve. Happiness is therefore a form of action. It's an activity, not something that is passively bestowed upon you, not something that you magically discover in a top 10 article on the Huffington Post or from any specific guru or teacher. Come on now. I love my top 10s. <laughs> it doesn't magically appear when you finally make enough money to add on that extra room to the house, Joe. You don't find it waiting for you in a place, an idea, a job, or even a book for that matter. True happiness occurs when you find the problems you enjoy having and enjoy solving them. Find problems you enjoy having and enjoy solving them. Mm. That's something that's going to take some thought for me, but there is some <laughs> very profound wisdom in there. Yeah. Huh? People I've deny- not pulled it all out yet, but there, it's there. <laughs> All right. It's there. I might get you interested in reading this book yet. People deny and blame others for their problems for the simple reason that it's easy and feels good. While solving problems is hard and often feels bad. If you feel crappy, it's because your brain is telling you that there's a problem that's unaddressed or unresolved. In other words, negative emotions are a call to action. Positive emotions, on the other hand, are rewards for taking the proper action. Now, this is a difficult pill to swallow. We like the idea that there's some form of ultimate happiness that can be attained. We like the idea that we can alleviate all of our suffering permanently. We like the idea that we can feel fulfilled and satisfied with our lives forever, but we cannot. A more interesting question, a question that most people never consider is, what pain do you want in your life? What are you willing to struggle for? Because that seems to be a greater determinant of how our lives turn out. So what pain do we want in our life? And my, my, my initial thought is, okay, how do we choose the pains that we want in our life? If we know we're going to have pain in our life, how do we choose those pains that we desire to have? Wow, there's, there's some real meat here. Kurt. He's definitely saying there is a lot of satisfaction and doing things that are painful. <laughs> well, he's calling them pain. I mean, I, I, I talked about problems I'm solving. I mean, there's people that look at technical problems and go, forget this. <laughs> like, right. I'm not touching this. I, I got no chance here. You know, take whatever, whatever. There are things that people are good at and they get paid well for because they solve these pains. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're solving, if you accept pain in your life and you learn to solve that pain, that sets you up to solve that same pain for other people. Yeah. That's another way of looking at it. Very true. And when you can solve that pain for other people and help them solve their pain, you have just made yourself more valuable in the marketplace and whatever the marketplace means, I'm not talking about necessarily making money. I'm when I say marketplace in this context, I just mean in society. Generally you become a more valuable person. Yeah. The people, if you've, if you've been able to address your pain and teach other people how to address their pain. Yeah. It sounds like addiction yeah. or psychological yeah. things too. you know, doctors that have, Right. Been through the pain. 
are, right. really, are much better helping others through it. He was talking about how he, growing up, he wanted to be a rock star. You know, the image of him on stage, people cheering, rocking out, pouring his heart out on what he was playing, but he didn't love the process. <laughs> he didn't try hard enough and he failed at it. The, the drudgery of practicing, the logistics of finding a group and rehearsing, the pain of finding gigs, actually getting people to show up and care about what they were doing. Broken strings, blown tube amps, you know, the whole story, mm -hmm. the process. And the truth is far less interesting. The truth is he thought he wanted something, but it turns out that he didn't. End of story. It wasn't worth it to him. Yeah, the pain wasn't worth it. I heard somebody say, I don't need easy. I just yeah. need worth it. That's right. People who enjoy long work weeks and the politics of the corporate ladder are the ones who fly to the top of it. People who enjoy the stresses and uncertainties of the starving artist lifestyle are ultimately the ones who live it and make it. I always thought about that, about people who either are professional athletes and even rock stars, if, if you want to put it that way, they got to really love playing music, especially if you got to play the same songs over and over and over again. I mean, I love listening to music, but it's not the same thing as playing that over and over and over and over again, day in and day out. You got to have another, there's another notch there. And if that. you're trying to serve your community as a rock star, your community doesn't want new ideas. Your community doesn't want yeah. new songs. Yeah. It wants the songs that they heard when they were 16 to 21, right? <laughs> That's right. That, those are the songs they want to hear. And you're forced to play those songs over and over and over again. You really have to have a love of that. Yeah. And I think it's more of, a, of the, a love of the community, a love of your fans, a love of, of who you're serving. We were talking about some of the artists we really appreciate there was a record that just came out from Taylor Swift. Of course, she's the biggest pop star going on. And we're, we're both older guys that love rock and roll and stuff. So I don't really know her music, but he was saying one thing he really respects about her is she seems to be really good to the fans. She takes the time, you know, even at her high stardom. Yeah. To be personal with her fans. Right. And I, I think that's something I know. I was telling him, I remember seeing a documentary on the band Rush. Or Getty Lee and Eric Lee. Is it what's his name? Eric? No. Lifeson. I just know Neil Peart. Neil Peart. Well, well Neil Peart was not one that liked to talk. He was more of an introvert. And the other yeah. two always appreciated and spent time with the fans after shows and like that. But he was actually he said Ronnie James Dio was like that. I know you're a loved your hard rock. Yeah. Ronnie James Dio loved the fans. Second greatest voice in heavy metal. He Ryan said, James uh, Dio. Dio saw his guitar player, who was very famous at the time, just like late show. Oh, it was Richie Blackmore, I think is what, who it was. Mm -hmm. Fly by a bunch of fans who had been out in the cold for two hours. And Dio never forgot that. You know, just like, how could you do that? These guys, fans have been, they, we're here because of them. 
I just like right. that attitude. I don't know where that came up with. But John, I'm going to leave it with those first two chapters. You know, understanding the, his meaning of not giving a, and the subtle art of not giving. Uh, Kurt, I think I might just go ahead and pick up this book. It's and intriguing, see it right? Me. It really is. Yeah. Because they, I, I think there might be a better way to <laughs> get his, get his, his, um, his thoughts across and his ideas across. Yeah. But maybe not, you know, just to be, you know, just to be a little transparent, I have my moments where I'm throwing out a filth and a foul here and there. <laughs> right. Despite me trying to be a good Christian man that I have my times. And if I'm, if I'm truthful about it, if I let myself be transparent and authentic, sometimes when those come out, it's the only way that I have to express myself yeah. in the moment. Yeah. And, it, and I need that emotion somehow. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm not, I'm not digging so much at the, uh, at the word. Uh, I, think, I think it's because we have a certain programming, honestly, cultural programming, to immediately discount an emotion so so heightened and so acute that we we use words like you know what i mean yeah yeah you and i were talking about this i mean gratuitously using foul language you know and a comedian sometimes can turn me off but on other times like kind of spices it up and you get a good laugh out of it too you're not so. sure he could have could have gotten that point across without it, right <laughs> yeah i mean he could have used the title to sell books that's kind of what you and i probably saw when we saw the title right right we didn't right. really think there could be a deep thought in this book <laughs> when actually i think i'm finding the opposite so i'm going to keep going i hope you do join me maybe we'll find some other topics yeah, if, if you've gotten show. if you've gotten a few chapters in, I've got some catching up to do. But I don't know this little chat about it, Kurt. I, right. I think I might go ahead and 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 grab it. Fantastic. Well, let's finish up with our wins for the week. Well, I have an interesting win for the week, and I wouldn't even so it call it so much my win for the week. But I was there, and I participated in it, and I visited with them. And I experienced it. And you know, I have this, this saying that I use a lot. Memories are better than stuff, right? Yep. And uh, I, wanna, I want my life to be about memories and not about stuff. And I got to share three memories this weekend with my grandson and my oldest daughter and uh, other members of the family. Uh, we visited my, my oldest daughter, her husband, and the grandkids this past weekend. And my grandson, all in one weekend, had his first communion. He had a Cub Scout graduation ceremony and a baseball game where he did really well. Huh. And when I think back to that, wow, just to, just to be able to experience that with my grandson and for him to want me there and for my daughter to want me there and to share it with my family. Now, these are all wins. These are all three individual wins for him. But to be there and experience with them, that's a big win for me, dude. Yep. Like that one. That's for sure. How old is he, Joe? He's eight. Fantastic. Great age. He was excited to have you there too, right? You're, Absolutely. 
my one grandfather, who he used to get teased a lot by the family, which, but he was, he was kind of a character. There's no doubt. He was, he was a character. He was a, he was a interesting person, but boy, he loved to go to my ball games and he loved to go take me fishing. And uh, I got nothing, but I, I'll stand up for him day, every day because I got great memories of my grandfather. Awesome. How about your win for the week? We call it Codathon. It's where we invite our developers to come in for one day. We give them the day off to work on a problem that we give them. They don't know what it is before they sit down. They had a Star Wars theme. So I had a Han Solo outfit that I put together from Goodwill and I bought a vest from Amazon <laughs> to look like Han Solo. And my coworker was a Jedi Knight and I introduced him and some of our leaders in our organization and kicked it all off. And I wasn't really feeling that well, but I got through the day and it was a great success. Matter of fact, they were doing reviewing the the best uh entries this afternoon and we'll come up with a winner from the Codathon. Codathon eight. And uh yeah. Great to finish a big project like that. And uh it was four hundred and twenty five people and like ninety five teams. Wow. So wow. Big event, our best one yet, I would say. Awesome. I know that you also, Kurt, you have a you have a 30-day challenge going on in your life right now. I know mm-hmm. that we don't, uh, so far as our show, we don't have an official 30-day challenge, so I don't have one, but yeah. I know you have a 30-day challenge going on in your life. Why don't you share that with, with us? You know, I like listening back to our show, usually in the car with my wife. Uh, I didn't go with her to the hospital this week because my illness, but. I made a point to listen back to our show, make sure it sounded good and reflect on sometimes we say we're gonna do stuff, so I was remember what it was. And I went, Oh my gosh, I, I promised I would start a mission to get my Microsoft Power Platform fundamental certification. And so I got started. I really it's about eight hours of video training, maybe a little bit more. I'm already more than halfway through that, starting it earlier this week. Got a lot of it done today. I really am motivated and excited to get through it. Um, I'm doing well with it. I'm understanding it. I'm pretty confident. I'm also going to buy a practice test probably next week if, if my timing's going good with the videos. So I'm excited that I can get this certification and it'll be a great achievement. Awesome. So hold I my word. You. Hold me to the fire. And we're going to give a couple of shout outs to some people. We got someone who did message Joe and I today who's got a challenge that he wants us to hold him to hold him accountable. We remember Joe, we said last week, if you got something that you're working on that you want us to hold accountable to, let us know. We'll give you a shout out too. We'll certainly help you through it because helping you through it helps us through it. Did you have a resource for this week? I do Kurt, you know, I'm a gadgety kind of guy, right? If you have a car that is, let's call it 2018 or, or younger. And I know it actually, I, I had a car that it was in the, in the 2016 version, but uh, let's, so let's call it 2016 or younger, 2018 or younger. If you have a car, you either had, you have access to a great resource. If you have a smartphone, uh, either an Apple or an Android, uh, you have, you have access to Apple play or Android auto. Me personally, I use Android Auto because I'm an Android guy. And once you hook up to Android Auto, 
you have access to Google Maps. You can do Google Voice searches. You can play. Uh, you can play music, uh, selected music through Amazon or Spotify. You can listen to podcasts. You can you can look up directions in the map. You can it'll it'll help you find stuff along the way. It'll tell you the speed limit in on the map. Uh, it just does it just does so much. It gives you ac- almost full access to every every feature on your smartphone. And Android Auto, I'll just speak for Android Auto because I'm, I'm I don't have uh, Apple Play. Uh, it's a fantastic resource. And if you've if you find yourself a little hesitant to hook up uh, your phone to your car and use Android Auto, because if you have a car that's 2016 to 2018 or younger, uh, you you probably have access to Android Auto. So I would really invite you to use Android Auto, check it out. It's it'll be right there on your on your car screen. And uh, I I just love love Android Auto. I, I just got a one of those cup f- phone <laughs> things to put my. <laughs> that's what i love right now joe that would help i guess if i connected it well i i don't know how old your how old your car is 2015 but, uh, i don't think i have that connection so you does do you have a screen in your car i do I'll, you might have it kurt i, I mean could, I, I think they started coming out like 2015 i'm gonna check 2016 yeah i've got uh, a pretty good screen of programs there already but yeah yeah so, it, but I, I I love Android Auto. I I even if I rent a car, uh, and most cars that you rent all have it now. But there was a period of time that I wouldn't take a car that it didn't have if it didn't hook up to Android Auto. Great resource. So yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Android gonna, Auto, check it out. I don't out. know if my resource inspired you or not. It's it's a known one. I just wanted to talk to it. I was having trouble coming up with a resource this week, and but the Lyft car service. You know, everyone uses. Oh, yes. Yeah. You like that one? Go Better. ahead. You have Go a ahead. preference between Lyft and what's the other one? Uber. You have a preference between Lyft and or Uber? Not really. I just think that the that the technology that that yeah. exists to allow you to do that is fantastic. Revolutionary, wasn't it? Absolutely I mean, revolutionary. I don't have much of a use for it in the suburbs where I live most of the time. I have my own car. I, I kind of do little five. I don't really drive a lot when I'm working from home and that kind of thing. But when I was at the airport in Orlando, they have my, matter of fact, my wife, who's a travel agent specializing in Disney and universal, they've had some problems with the bus services. Disney gave, gave up doing the magical express, which was complimentary bus services, which was quite reliable, but they would stop. They would stop at many different resorts too. So you'd take a little longer for you to get to your resort. But coming from the airport, boy. Now, Lyft, I, I can remember years ago, Joe, ordering a car service to get me from the airport to the resort. Mm-hmm. It was $50, easy. Right. I mean, when we first started going back in the early 2000s, it cost me like less than that to take the Lyft car service. And it was immediate. We, me and one of my listeners, we, got, we were traveling from Hartford together. I mean, we literally, we didn't even check a bag and... We left the airport within five minutes. We were on the way to our directly toward the resort. I mean, just super efficient. And then, of course, there's going to be cars. You know, one of the most traveled places in the world. And even getting from my friends were a little concerned with me. I, I had an evening flight coming home, and I was in Epcot. I had to get back to my resort 
which I had to go over to Skyliner, if anyone knows what that is, over to the Riviera Resort. And, you know, I was sitting outside. I had a little bit of time to kill, have a little drink. And I'm like, I'm going to go check the Lyft app. And they almost kind of get you to book it. They kind of trick you. You got to be careful. (laughs) But it said it was like 15 minutes away. And when I clicked it, he was eight minutes away. That's awesome. And I was early on my way to the airport. But it's yeah, I like service. both Lyft and Uber. Um, uh, the the it is it's a disruptive technology that has has really become part of our culture very quickly. I right. can't imagine traveling now without it. I was amazed early on doing my podcast how many people, even though Disney has their own free bus service and lots of other transportation on property to get around. So many people were using these services. It cracked me up. Yeah, they did awesome. not want to wait for a bus. They wanted to go straight. In some some ways, you can't go to hotel to hotel on a bus. You have to do kind of a roundabout way. So, yep, I really wanted to just shout out to Lyft. It really was great for the airport. Look at us. It's both 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 car-related. Uh, two guys, both car-related resources, right? Awesome, awesome. Hey. Well, I got a quote I'd like to share. I know that uh, I know that we were talking about books, and we were talking about this book specifically. So we go from the subtle art of not giving a to a quote from Doctor Seuss. <laughs> we're all over that? the place. <laughs> the more you read, the more things you will know. The more the more that you learn. The more places you'll go, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> reading is so important in our lives. Whether you're reading a book like what we just discussed or, or a fiction book or whatever it might be, the Bible, a coloring book, I don't care. It enriches your life. It takes you places that you will never be able to go. And it puts you right into somebody's mind, into their imagination into the into the way they lived and who they are uh it's just a beautiful thing reading the more that you read the more things you will know the more that you learn the more places you'll go dr seuss yep the more you you, really smart people do a lot of reading you'll notice yep the written word you have a quote i do have a quote the pursuit of happiness is a pointless goal Happiness is never something that can be achieved directly. It is only a side effect of doing what we love. And that's from Mark Manson, the author of the book I shared with you guys today. Joe, the other thing I wanted to tell you, I've got some shout outs. From the community? Yes. Awesome. Let's hear them. I've got four. One came in while we were recording. Oh, cool. Now, I don't have permission for this one right away, but I'm going to read it anyway and see if uh, <laughs> it came through email into our dudes in progress email. It's from Dan Austin. He says, love the episode, guys. I work in an amusement park and in an amusement industry is a hyper focused industry industry because of our season is 140 years and we have to deliver in those 140 days. <laughs> mm. Because the rest of the year, we aren't operational. He says, this year I have taken over a new department. 
from one of our divisions, and I'm quickly realizing that I need to adjust how I handle my workload. The part of the business I now oversee has a stretch goal of almost 25% increase. Needless to say, I have a lot more on my plate now. So anyway, to improve my routine, the better. Thanks for the consideration. So we had given, we had said last week that anyone who asked for us to support them and give them a hand, we would send a copy of the book. All right, Joe, was it the first one? Yeah. Or are we doing a raffle? No, we can, we can do the first one. If he's the first one, then it is his. All right, Dan. We just, we just need to reach out to him and see whether he wants the miracle morning or the miracle equation. There you go. Thanks, Dan, for sending that in. Appreciate that, pal. Susan Cox, she recommended our show to a friend who's a dude. I said, and I said, Susan, she was telling me how much she thinks he would really enjoy our show. I said, you know, it's not just for dudes. <laughs> it's for dudes dudettes. and dudettes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I said, Thank yeah. you, Susan. It's just that we're two dudes. Yeah. I was a little bit worried about that in our show title, but I assured her. She, she'll get just as much from it. We, yeah, we I think actually, actually, I think our listenership is equal men and women. I agree. Yeah. And finally, Kevin Curtis Allen was chatting with Joe and I today. Do you think you could make this idiot accountable for 85 mile round Island challenge? He's doing a May 19th. That's a weekend. He's doing a walk for Alzheimer's for charity, but he's been working out. And he's gonna. He lives, of course, on the Isle of Wight in the UK. He's an English dude, a bloke. I think they call him out there. Joe, good friend of ours, and he's going to walk around the Isle of Wight, eighty-five miles, and he needs us to hold him accountable. And we certainly will, as well as the rest of the dudes in progress community. We are cheering you on, Kevin Curtis Allen. Yeah, keep chatting with us. You know, I think he's going to FaceTime us when he's walking that weekend. That'll be cool. (laughs) That'll be cool. If you want to reach out to the Dudes in Progress, you can email us, dudes at dudesinprogress.com. Our website is dudesinprogress.com. There there you can connect to us through the Facebook page, or uh, we even have a page set up where you can uh, connect directly through the website. That website, again, is dudesinprogress.com, and our email address is dudes at dudesinprogress.com. If you want to go directly to the Facebook page, just go just go to uh, dudesinprogress.com slash Facebook. Kurt, we're going to wrap up here, right? And as we wrap up, let's just remember, progress is better than perfection. So let's keep moving forward. I'll try to do better next time, Joe. As we always do. Talk to you soon. Yeah.